0: Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show with Matt West. And here we are, rocking it on the Automotive ADHD Show, heard around the world as a podcast here on the radio in Colorado Springs on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. Matt West here, hanging out with you on the weekend, talking cars. I've got a loaded show for you today. You don't want to miss a minute of it. I'm going to talk about how a legendary Rocky Mountain racetrack is closing its doors here at the end of the month. What's going to happen next with it? We're going to talk about all of that. I'm also going to talk about a new Senate bill that follows in the footsteps of the RPM Act and seeks to preserve your and my ability to buy a gasoline-powered car, a internal combustion Engine powered vehicle. It's going to preserve that right for the future. And this is a great thing. I fully support it. I am backing this as much as I can. We're going to talk about exactly what it is, why you should know about it. We might get a little political, but it's for a good cause. Um, And it's been a while since I've mentioned the UAW. I'm going to give you an update on the United Auto Workers Union strike, where we're at with that. Also, get this one man landed himself a $1.4 million speeding ticket. We're going to talk exactly about how you do that or rather how you shouldn't do that. So anyway, I got a great show for you uh, this week. Really good stuff. Again, here on the airwaves at AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. Uh, Before we talk about that, I'm very excited to uh, fly out of here on Tuesday and go to SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association show, a huge show. I'm going to be there for the entire week. I'm booking interviews. I've got some great guests lined up. I'm going to be Given you some live coverage from SEMA. So you really don't want to miss a minute of this show. Remember, you can catch it here on the radio. You can catch it as a podcast wherever fine shows in this one are downloaded and you can catch it on YouTube and Rumble. Lots of great ways to get your automotive fix for the week. So um, now I have to talk about this before we get into anything else. The most popular cars in every state. State. What do you think the most popular cars? Don't say F one fifty. Don't say F one fifty. You're gonna say F one fifty. Yeah, F one fifty. Um, so this came out by the way. Hat tip Car and Driver um, for for putting this together and doing a survey, at least. Uh, you know, compiling the results from a survey, rather I should say, um, about what cars are more popular in in each and every state. And I'm not gonna go through all 50 states because spoilers like a good chunk of them are just the F150. Like that that's just how it is. So uh but I'm not going to go through every state. Let's go through a couple of these and see if it sounds on par for what you see around town driving on the roads. Uh, first one, Alabama. The Toyota Camry is the most popular car um in alabama nuke and these are new cars i should clarify and uh, i would not have expected that from alabama i would have said f-150 actually but no uh toyota camry for alabama uh alaska the ram 1500 yes uh, yeah, it's a good pickup truck you know ram makes a nice truck uh car and driver here of course in their article uh leaves that with a picture of the ram trx which is um Presumably not the one they're talking about when they say the Ram 1500 is the most popular. car. It's, like, it's not like everyone is driving Ram TRXs, which, by the way, if you're un- uninitiated, that's the supercharged Hellcat powered over 700 horsepower Ram pickup truck. Um, I want one. And it's sad to say that the V8 on those is going away. If you haven't heard that, Dodge says they're probably not bringing that V8 back. Maybe in its place, as I talked about on this show a few weeks ago, the new turbocharged hurricane straight six. I think straight sixes are great engines. I said on this show a while back how I don't think that's necessarily a bad decision. Do I want a V8 in there? Yes. Will they continue making the V8 in a different form in that truck still? Maybe they're Dodge. Dodge is notorious for teasing us with things that are "quote unquote" going away. Go buy the last one, the last of the line, end of the road, and and then they just make another one in some other way. It's it's all marketing. It's like a rock band. It's like a rock band, right? Um, you know, talking about like. You know, I, I've talked to guys who've been to every single end of the road tour for Kiss or the, you know, Guns N' Roses or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I went to the last three end of the road tours. Right. You hear guys who'd say that. And it's the same thing. Yeah. You say you're making the last one and uh, to get everyone excited and hyped up. Oh, man, I got to go get the last one. I got to get it. And then. You make another one and you do it in a different way, or you do it now. Get this as a reunion tour, yeah. Now, now you come back and you do the reunion tour. I think that's what Dodge is going to do with this. Um, I think that Hurricane Engine will be a good option, too, though. We'll probably not see the end of the V8s in here. Um, now scrolling through the list, uh, let me let me go through these kind of quick here Arizona, yeah, the Ram 1500. Arkansas GMC Sierra 1500, by the way, stepping that up from a Chevy 1500, Arkansas has got some big bucks to spend. It sounds like, yeah, they're getting the nice one, the luxury one, the GMC. (laughs) So uh, California, the Honda Civic, I'm surprised that's not a Tesla because I thought uh, you'd be smited by Gavin Newsom himself. If you drove anything other than a Tesla in California, Uh, I guess that's not the case. Uh, Gavin Newsom is behind on, on, on doing that. Um, And uh, get this here. Colorado, my home state. It's the F150. Yeah. No surprises there. Come on, come on Colorado. I know the F1, the F150 by the way is, you know, the most popular new vehicle as a whole across the nation. I mean, F150s are sold left and right and uh, my biggest disappointment here is that Colorado we're, we're, we're not, it's the F-150. We, we have, when a vehicle called the Colorado, by the way, the Chevy Colorado, Chevy manufactures a vehicle named after our state. And, and that's not the most popular vehicle here. It's just the F-150. Come on, man. What's, <laughs> what's going on with that? Now, the Chevy Colorado is a good option. Um, surprisingly, living here in Colorado, I, I don't see a ton of them on the road. They're not a bad option. I mean, hey, not as cool as a Toyota Tacoma, but, you know, they're not a bad option, especially if you were able to get one with the diesel or some of the other stuff. I, I, I think the Chevy Colorado is a great, great small pickup truck. Uh, we do really... In 2023 here, having an outstanding lineup of fun, small pickup trucks. Um, Chevy Colorado is a great option. You've got the Ford Ranger, the Ford Ranger Raptor. You've got the Toyota Tacoma. Toyota can do no wrong, obviously. If you follow this show, you know what I mean. And and I think that's a great option there. I'm also kind of surprised it's not Jeep Wrangler for Colorado. And that's not just saying that, ooh, we're all outdoorsy and stuff. But I see more Jeep Wranglers than I do Honda Civics and maybe F-150s. There are Jeep Wranglers everywhere in this state. And uh, there's even so much as a Colorado tax, as some Wrangler owners like to call it, on Jeeps and Jeep parts and things like that, just because they're so popular in this state. They, they tend to fetch a slightly higher dollar amount. And it makes sense. I mean, we're in one of the states where you can best utilize a Jeep Wrangler. So, um, you know, there is there is that. Uh, and then just skimming through a couple other ones here um, that stood out to me. Florida, the Toyota RAV4 is the number one car for sale there. Um, which makes sense because I think Floridians probably like the the sense of knowing they could handle any snowstorm, even though they don't get snow. I'm not sure if they actually know what it is in Florida. Um, uh, you know, maybe they think snow is some sort of weird variety of a alligator or something that you find in a mystical swamp. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if Flor- Floridians have ever actually seen snow. Uh, the Rav4, though, I, I can't give it too much shade because it's a Uh, it's it's quite a good car honestly at the end of the day so um also last one hawaii the nissan frontier of all things i will give hawaii credit for it not being an f-150 that's about it i don't have many other nice things to say about the frontier other than you know it's not an f-150 so hey don't go anywhere we're going to talk about political advocacy if i can talk for saving your gas engines that's after the break here on automotive adhd
1: At the Speed Council, getting things done fast is our priority. We do everything fast, from driving, working, sleeping, and eating.
0: Someone help, he's choking!
1: This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the Earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft, child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yup. That was us. Apollo 11? Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell, we even wrote the Wikipedia article. Fast. And we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's first hyperspeed speed speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can interact with and download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Learn more at Facebook.com slash ADHD. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fast Things. The news and events that matter to you.
0: AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. All right. Hey, those car sounds courtesy of friend of the show, OBD1 Kenobi. Those were his uh, flat six swapped Subaru noises. The guy stuffed a flat six out of a Subaru... Uh, Tribeca, Legacy, whatever into a old school WRX and I honestly think it's the best thing ever so uh, good job on doing that and it makes cool noises no one expects a Subaru to sound like a Porsche do they so anyway those uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while you kind of know how this car sound thing works uh, but I have some changes to it I have some changes for the better uh, but if you're you know if you're new to the show essentially what you do is you send your car sounds into the show facebook.com slash automotive ADHD or to my email Matt at throttle warrior.com and um what happens from there is I play them on the radio or on the podcast, obviously on bo- in both places and every month you when you send those car sounds and you're entered for a chance to win the Automotive ADHD keychain uh, which of course uh, gratuitous, find it, fish it out of my pocket. There we go. I'll wave it at the microphone as if you can see it on the radio. Um, but that being said, you get the Automotive ADHD keychain. It's a nice key tag. Helps you fish your keys out of the pocket. Uh, you get the As Heard on the Automotive ADHD show sticker and a $25 part store gift card. Now, that's how I've been doing it up till now, because I have an announcement, a very exciting announcement, um, which is for the next month, the Car Sound Giveaway has a sponsor. Yes, the uh, first sponsor for the segment on this show. And uh, the Car Sound Giveaway uh, for the next month here is sponsored by PELSEE, P-E-L-S-E-E, the manufacturer of the P12 Pro dash camera, as well as several other cool dash camera models. Um, And and I'll tell you about how you can win this in a second. It's a really, I've got one sitting across the studio here. It's very cool. I'll tell you, you can win it in a minute. But first, I mean, the reason, reasoning for a dash cam, um, I think every single person who owns a car should have a dash cam. I think they should. Um, In fact, I didn't even mention this much on my show. If you follow my personal social media, uh, Instagram at SirMattWest, you may have known my my AE86, uh, with the, uh, 20 valve 4 AGE and the ITBs and stuff, it got backed into in a parking lot. And, and, and I'm not just saying this as a bit for this dash cam. It, it genuinely did. It got backed into in a parking lot, crunched up the whole front end, messed up the headlights, all of the above and, uh, insurance thankfully is covering it. Uh, though I've had to fight with insurance, uh, about the value of it, because first they said it was a $600 car, and then I sent them to bring a trailer listings for like $30,000, and hopefully we'll meet somewhere in the middle at $30,000, which is what I'm asking. So it's going to be fixed. I'm not selling it. I'm not. It's it, The car is going to stick around. But had I had a dash cam, had I had a dash cam, it would have been a much less tiresome process to uh, to actually prove fault in this case and uh, so you know and, and I don't and I haven't mentioned it much on the show just cuz that's not my style it's not my style to complain about things like that but that being said it it is such a good reason to have a dash cam it is such a good reason and you should have a dash cam especially if you're a car enthusiast they are important for all sorts of things and of course catching even if it's not a crash you're involved in maybe you have footage of something else and you can help someone else out a dash camera is such an important item to have and uh you can obviously win this one that i've got so i'll tell you a little bit about this dash cam the p12 pro from pelsey is a very cool dash cam because um it replaces your mirror. It's not like a dash cam that has a suction cup and you stick it on the windshield and it's in your periphery vision. In fact, I don't like your standard dash camera. Um, you know, for, for many years, I haven't had a dash camera just because I don't like a suction cupped accessory sitting there in my field of view on the windshield. I like my windshield unobstructed. I don't like GPS is stuck to it. I don't like cell phone mount stuck to it. I like having full visibility. So about a year ago when I was looking for a dash cam for my daily driver Tacoma. I got the smallest one I could find that just kind of tucked up behind the mirror and it's out of sight. That's nothing compared to this. The Pelsey dash camera replaces your mirror itself and it acts as, for one, an extended mirror. It's about 12 inches wide, so you get the benefit of an extended mirror. You have a forward-facing camera on the Pelsi dash camera and you have a rear-facing camera that is recorded as a dash camera and doubles as a rear-view Backup camera, especially great if you've got some old junker cars like I do, that are um, that long predate dash uh, dash cameras, and uh, and so this is a great option. It really is. It stays out of the way, replaces your mirror when it's not in use. The screen on it, it returns to being a mirror, and then when you want it to be a screen, your mirror is a 12-inch touchscreen where you can control settings, you can um, you know review footage on there. There's a lot of great stuff. It also has driver assist features if that's something that you think you uh, you want to have. Um, it's a really compelling product, um, and, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about it here if it wasn't a compelling product. I, I've, like I said, I've had issues in the past with d- the designs of various dash cameras, and I'm not a fan of how regular dash cameras are set up. This one really to me the design actually makes a whole lot of sense. So if you want to win this dash camera, I should also mention it does 4K and 1080p, which is really good. It can uh, it can detect impacts and things like that in parking lots, which would have saved my 86 by the way. Um but uh it, by the way, one of these will probably go in my 86. Uh, once I have all the insurance stuff uh, settled on that. So um, anyway, there you go. But if you want to win this, send those car sounds into the show. Facebook.com slash AutomotiveADHD. Email me those car sounds if you would like. Matt at ThrottleWarrior.com. Now, I am going to be running this giveaway here from now until the 24th of November. So you have this window. Um, I'm doing the show here on 1460 on Sunday the 29th. From now until the 24th, you can send those car sounds into my show, and I will pick an entry, any entry in that time frame at random. I will pick one winner to receive the dash camera. I will uh, pick them to also receive a keychain and a sticker. So you get the keychain, the sticker, the dash camera, which, uh, again, is a great unit. Seems like a great quality unit as well. And um, if you've already sent your car sounds into the show and you want to be uh, in the running for this dash camera, send me some more car sounds. Uh, you just got to do it between now and the 24th. And uh, also, I can only, because a lot of my podcast listeners are international, I can only do this in North America, so the U.S. and Canada, just for shipping reasons uh, at the moment. Uh, maybe we can expand that in the future. So uh, there you go. Very exciting news for the show, um, and I'm really excited to uh, share that with you. Now, what I want to uh, what I want to do here is talk a little bit about pre- Preserving internal combustion engines for the future. Um, I, I want to talk about that because uh, this is so important. As as different you know states and politicians are trying to pass these mandates that all cars by twenty thirty five must be electric. We need politicians that are on our side as everyday consumers and. From my side of things, as car enthusiasts, you know, I there's electric cars that I like, there's an application where an electric car makes sense, but I shouldn't be forced by a government to buy an electric car. If I want a gas sports car with a six speed manual, and you know, if I want that, I should be able to buy that. If I want a diesel truck because I have a lot to haul. I should be able to buy that. If I want an EV because I like commuting with it, I like the ease of use of just charging it at night at home and then doing my commute with it, I should be able to buy that too. If I want a hybrid, I should be able to buy a hybrid if I want one. It's all about having this free market. You know, free markets thrive without government intervention. And um, this uh, one thing I got to talk about here um, is a bill Uh, introduced by U.S. Senators Mike Capro and Pete Ricketts. Um, It is uh, uh, Senate Bill uh, 3094. And it is the Choice in Automobile Retail Sales Act, uh, which has a fun acronym, by the way, CARS, C-A-R-S, the CARS Act. I like that. And it prohibits the um, EPA from finalizing proposed federal emission standards for motor vehicles um, that, by the way, isn't just 2035. No, this is for years 27 through 2032. So this is just four years away, these federal emission standards, um, if the EPA is to finalize these. And it prevents them. It prohibits the EPA from doing this. Um, and it, it, it protects your ability to buy the kind of vehicle that you want. Now, if the EPA has their way... Um, the, the makeup of EVs versus non EVs by 2032 would have to be 67% of all new vehicle sales would have to be EVs, uh, by 2032. And, uh, by the way, the, um, uh, the CARS Act has a companion bill in the House of Representatives, House Resolution 4468, uh, which is the House Energy and Commerce, uh, which was rather, um, uh, which, the house energy and commerce committee passed i should clarify getting ahead of myself here uh but that being said this is uh this is something that is so important to how we enjoy cars and you know the whole notion that the government can pick winners and losers here when it comes to the automobile industry is nuts. If you have listened to my show for years, and I know there are podcast listeners who have, you know, I've been doing this show as a podcast for uh, a couple, almost actually about two years now, Um, and uh, I know it may be fresh here on the radio still on 1460, but um, if if you listen back through the podcasts, uh, my opinion on this from the very start has been that government shouldn't be picking winners and losers, and not only that, when they do, it's not always a good thing, because, for instance, if the government says we need to have all electric vehicles, we've decided that this is the best technology and we are going to mandate it well by mandating it or, hey, even by subsidizing it, even if you're the government and you subsidize it versus another technology that might be cleaner, if you unilaterally decide that this is the solution you want, well, you've now just prohibited other um, solutions that might actually be better. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information out there right now that says hybrid powertrains. If you're really concerned about the environment, if that's really your thing, a hybrid powertrain makes a lot more sense than a full EV powertrain. Um, and you know, Corvette, uh, the Chevy Corvette I talked about last week, uh, is a great example of that. Now it's not, it's not there for efficiency sake. It's there for power and performance. It's a mid, uh, mid engine, uh, V8 with a front drive electric motor in the front, and it's a great, a great option. You know what? You should be able to buy that if you want to, right? Um, but if the government just decides that EV is the only way to go, then if someone comes out with, I don't know, a hypothetical magical technology that solves all of the problems, I'm not saying they necessarily will. There's always trade-offs with technology and design and engineering. But if they do, guess what? It wouldn't get picked up because the government decided no, we said we're backing EVs. You're only allowed to do this if you're a manufacturer and you're not selling an EV. Um, You can't sell whatever it is that you want to sell. Say it's a a magical fuel that you can use to convert a combustion engine to, you know, zero emissions, whatever. Some hypothetical thing. You still wouldn't be able to sell that. So governments mandating this are a huge problem. And I am absolutely backing um, the CARS Act. I am. You should write your representative. Get in touch with them. I'm going to get in touch with my own tell them that you support the Cars Act. We should all be able to buy the type of vehicle that fits our needs the best. I'll see you in in just a minute, and the next segment of the show, right here on Automotive ADHD on AM 1460, The Answer.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Speed Council proudly presents Automotive ADHD, now on video. For better or for worse, subscribe to Automotive ADHD, now playing on YouTube and Rumble.
0: Colorado Springs number one car show by default. This is Automotive ADHD. Wow. All right. I love playing that car sound. I had to dig that one back out of the vault. Josh Maldonado sent in that car sound of a 600 horsepower, supercharged Chevy work van. I love it. I love it. When you need to get to the job site and you need to get there fast, that is the type of vehicle that you need. And, hey, remember to send those car sounds in. Facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Speaking of going fast, I have to talk about this. This is nuts. A Georgia man... was a little surprised after he got a uh, speeding ticket the other day. Now, he was doing, uh, police clocked him to 90 miles per hour in a 55 mile per hour zone, which is a fairly hefty speeding ticket. And in fact, in most states, that's considered uh, a criminal speeding ticket. It's a misdemeanor in many places. In fact, in Colorado, it's considered that once it's 25 miles per hour over the speed limit or higher. Now, here's the kicker. What he did not expect was that he um he got the ticket. He looked at the fine on it. You think a fine like that? He was probably thinking, "Oh man, this is going to be an expensive one. It's going to be a few hundred bucks. I don't know how I'm going to do that." You now instead, in the fine column <laughs> on this, um, here we go. Are you ready for it? Are you sitting down? Hopefully, you are, because. You're about to be very, very quickly sitting down because, okay, here it is. One million, capital M, four hundred and eighty thousand thirty eight dollars and fifty two cents. Can't forget about that. Fifty two cents on your one point four, almost one point five million dollar speeding ticket there. I mean, he's just twenty thousand dollars short of that being one point five million. And um, so he rightfully so was a little concerned. So he called the uh, he called the court. This was in Savannah, Georgia. And um, thinking that, oh, it, it just must be a typo or something. Right. Well, kind of what they told him was, oh, yeah, sorry about that. The computer system uh, just uses that as a placeholder for some reason. Yeah. Go figure. Right. <laughs> so what happens is, um, what happens is like I said, when you get a ticket that's fairly substantial, so thirty-five miles per hour over the speed limit, is criminal in that state. Um, what happens is usually you're not issued a fine amount. It's not a ticket you can just pay online or in the mail. It is a ticket that usually you have to go to court for. And um and so usually what'll happen, like say here in Colorado, you'll get instead of a fine amount, it'll just say summons in that column on the speeding ticket. Well, in Georgia I guess the computer system just randomly picks a value and says that's what you have to pay, I guess. And it doesn't say summons. Again, $1.4 million. Um, and uh, they said, the uh, officials in Georgia said, that this isn't done intentionally to scare people into paying their speeding tickets or something like that. Uh, I don't know how you would pay that speeding ticket online with it being $1.4 million. Um, now, that being said, they they said, a spokesperson there said that the actual fine cannot exceed $1,000 plus court costs, which thankfully is a little bit less than $1.4 million. So um, I guess if you are listening to the podcast in Georgia or the stream of this radio station, now you know. I would be curious to have, um, if you work in law enforcement, let me know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD, how the the software that processes these tickets actually works like how does that happen i don't know i'm not a software engineer i'm curious though how does that happen so um now speaking of law enforcement being on the show i had last week sheriff rich smith on the show custer county sheriff he was talking about auto theft what you can do to prevent auto theft here in colorado and if you missed it we are the number one state in the nation for that uh, auto theft. Specifically, we are number one in car theft, as well as several other crimes, to uh, to be specific. And um, I talked with Sheriff Rich Smith last week about that, and it was a great show. one of One of my favorite shows that I've done recently, in fact. So you really, if you missed it, you really need to catch up to it. Uh, with it, rather, uh, on the podcast. uh, And you can do that wherever fine shows and uh, this one are downloaded. And just a reminder, give the show a rating on Spotify. You can do that on Spotify. I don't know if you knew that, but you can on Spotify. You can give it a five star rating. I'm advocating for Spotify to add a sixth star. So far, they haven't listened to me yet. But as soon as they do, I I will let you know. (laughs) I will let you know. Um, So uh, there you go. Listen to that interview last week with Sheriff Rich Smith. It was really a great one. Again, if you own a car at all, whether you're in Colorado or not, uh, I think you might find some valuable information in there. Um, Now, before we uh, wrap up the third segment here, I need to talk about the United Auto Workers Union. Yes. So I I have been giving you updates periodically here on the show about what is going on with this strike, because this strike is a huge deal. This is going to really change up things. This is going to change up how we buy cars here probably in the next year and especially how much we have to pay for them. And essentially, to give you a quick rundown, I won't go over old information, but essentially what is going on. Is they are striking for a number of reasons, one of which is increased pay. Another one is changing the way their pay system works, uh, their tiered pay system. Uh, and then the uh, other thing is protections as manufacturers go to EVs, as they go to more electrification. By the way, as governments push them to more electrification, which with what are, in my opinion, unreasonable mandates, um, but manufacturers are trying their best to comply with that. And the workers are concerned that because EVs have less parts, there's a less involved manufacturing process. They're worried that they're going to lose jobs. So um, and this this actually ties in pretty well with my discussion I had on the show earlier about the CARS Act, uh, which obviously, like I said, supports consumer protection um, and c- consumer choice when it comes to uh, purchasing vehicles. So again, I I really like what the CARS Act is doing. If you need to catch up on that, it's, it's really important, really important. So anyway, um, so what's going on now with the uh, with the strikes. And what's what's happening is as of, and I'm doing this show here on the radio on the 29th of October, Sunday, uh, October 29th. So if you're catching it on the podcast later, um, things may change. But that being said, as of the 23rd of October, earlier this week, um, 6,800 workers walked off the job at Ram's uh, Sterling Heights, Michigan facility, and that's where they make the Ram 1500 full-size pickup truck. And um, so that's a huge number of people walking off at a Stellantis-owned site. Stellantis owns Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and those brands there. Um, Then on the 24th of October... 5,000 workers walked out of another General Motors plant in Arlington, Texas, shut down operations there. And that plant builds the full-size SUVs. So the uh, Suburban, the Tahoe, the Yukon, the Cadillac Escalade builds all of those. Um, Then on the 25th, here's, we're making some progress. The 25th, um, the uh, uh, Ford announced that it reached a tentative agreement with the UAW uh, in terms of uh, you know what they want in a new labor contract. Now, negotiations, though, as of now, as of the 29th, are still ongoing with Stellantis and General Motors. This is going to be huge. I don't think anyone is really giving this credence for how big of a deal this is going to be in the coming year. I mean, these the these production lines are being completely shut down by this and i think in many ways i said previously on the show how the union seems kind of unwilling to actually negotiate they say they want to negotiate they keep turning down these offers though i I don't know it seems to me like they're holding the industry hostage all i know is for you and me as consumers this isn't going to be good it doesn't help us in any way so there you go. That is your UAW update. Now, don't go anywhere. I'm going to be talking about how a, uh, how a very popular Colorado Speedway is shutting down. Every day,
1: thousands go without the ability to buy necessary and life-saving parts. Parts like turbos, coilovers, and wheels. I'm
0: Steve, turbocharged BRZ. It doesn't run because I can play with my connecting rod through the hole in my block.
1: Project cars sit unfinished, waiting for parts, collecting dust. My name is Todd and I bought a rotary. It's okay bro, we'll uh, swap it. But no more. You, yes you, can make a difference. More information is available on the Automotive ADHD Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Automotive ADHD. This is The Answer. Online at am1460theanswer.com The <laughs> Answer.
0: All right, another one of my favorites from the car sound vault, Jacob Light and his uh, five-cylinder rabbit doing a run at the Pikes Peak International Raceway. Got to love it. Remember, send those car sounds into the show to have them featured here on the show. Uh, Facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. So coming up here in the last segment, I, I got to talk about this. This is something near and dear to my heart, perhaps yours, which is uh, Bandamere Speedway. If you are a Colorado resident, Bandamere Speedway is a beloved Racetrack, And even if you're not a Colorado resident, lots of people know Bandamere because of events that happen there uh, that people attend from around the world that are broadcast on television, top fuel, drag racing, all of this amazing stuff. I mean, a really, really uh, long history. Uh, Bandamere Speedway um, has been rocking the the drag racing scene since 1958 and um a uh and unfortunately they've come to a a close here uh according to their schedule this weekend was the last weekend of events and um and and it's just uh it's just a really in my opinion it's kind of kind of tragic with what is what has happened uh you know in terms of losing the racetrack now they say um uh, the Bandemir family, uh, John Bandemir Jr. By the way, part of the Bandemir family, um, says that you know part of this was to expand the facilities, to you know to go buy a new facility um, and and improve the racing, which I I believe will happen. I really believe it will. Um, and uh, but that being said, uh, a lot of reports have also claimed that well, unfortunately, what has happened is uh, that a lot of homes and developments have encroached on the racetrack and, um, and a lot of, uh, you know, city governments and things like that are, are not very conducive to having the racetrack around, unfortunately. And, um, And, and, you know, it's just crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. Now, they're not saying, officially speaking, that that's the 100 percent reason for it. But I suspect that has something to do with it. It has to. It has to. Now, we've known this for uh, for a while coming here. You know, this is not at least to Coloradans here who are in the car scene. This isn't news. Um, This was announced a while ago. It's just I'm talking about it now because this is the last month of events. October here. It's the end. It's that's going to be the send off. For Bandamir, unless something miraculous happens, and that and that changes. Um, now, I have talked about on this show racetracks closing. Um, I've talked about that before, and you know, I've uh, I, I've had people on who've you know guests uh, who've talked about it. Uh, I've had a documentary filmmaker on who's talked about how racetracks are closing across the country. I mean, there's it's a major issue that we have um, because what's happening is the racetracks are closing. And they're not opening more racetracks. We're just losing a lot of our racetracks. And then, conversely, what happens in a, in a frustrating thing, in my opinion, that happens is that, well, hey, street racing goes up. Suddenly we get reports oh, street racing is on the rise. Well, gee, I wonder why you close the racetracks, and it's part of it's because you know operating racetracks with a lot of these government regulations and things that have to happen is very challenging. It's very expensive. It's not all government. It's some of it's the economy. Some of it's the you know the markets as they are. Um, But it's one of those things that you know with Bandemir. With Bandemir, I mean. Bandemir has been a successful track. I mean, you know, they have they have been in operation for for decades, for for literally over sixty years. They've been in operation, and you know, that's one of those things that that makes you really wonder: is it profitable? Is it attainable to have a racetrack in operation? What are all of the factors that go into? How you have to operate one of these, um, you know, because Bandemir certainly not closing for a lack of money. That's that's for sure. Um, and uh, now the what Bandamere did say, they're not citing it as a direct source, but they're saying they told the Denver Post earlier this year, quote, they're building a lot of houses around us, but that's not why we're leaving. We really feel feel comfortable with why we're leaving. We need more space. That's what they're saying. Um, I will say to that argument um there are some people in some homes who are not very happy that they're next to a racetrack and to that come on come on a racetrack that's been there for 65 years and you come along and plunk your house down next to it and then have the gall to complain that it's too noisy do people complain who build houses next to airports complain that the airports too loud probably but too bad you're the one who built the house next to it uh do they move the airports no usually they don't but if it's a drag strip It makes you wonder why, 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 why are the drag strips getting bullied here? And, um, you know, I, at least I, I will be an optimist here, uh, as Colorado loses one of its signature racetracks. Um, you know, I mean, it's famous, you know, when you think of racing in Colorado, a lot of people think of Bandamere, uh, Speedway and, um, you know, from again, 65 years of racing and and excitement and car culture and these great things. Now I will maintain some optimism here. That's my job, right? I I will be optimistic about this. Uh, and and that is that the theory right now. Bandemir hasn't announced if they've purchased new land or where they want to purchase it. There have been talks, there has been hearsay that they want to move it near the Denver International Airport, which would be a great location for, in all fairness. That's out in the plains. It's uh, wide and open. There's not a lot of houses there. There's already an airport there that's loud and noisy, one of the busiest airports in the country. That would not be a bad choice. And I think that Denver uh, would be, as a whole, the people who live in Denver would probably benefit from that. It's easy to get to the airport. I mean, it's one of those things. I think that would be good. And especially if Bandemir can play their cards right, if they can do this in such a way that financially makes sense and is really good, they can build a really nice facility, a better facility, have more space, not have to worry about the encroaching homes they say that that's not part of the you know reason that's not their real reason for leaving but that has to be a part of it that has to be a even a small part of it you know the the homes and things like that and you know perhaps they see this as a financial decision that well this area that they're at is booming with residential properties and commercial properties so let's cash out sell it and go buy some cheaper property Closer to the airport, where we know we're not going to have issues with that. Um, you know, it may financially they may financially it may make sense. It may mean there will be a better Bandomere. and um, for that I am hopeful. For that I uh, I think I am looking forward to the future on that. Um, it's going to be a while though before they can finalize a better Bandomere. They have to build it after all. But you know what? I'm hopeful for that, and hopefully this will be something that. People in other places can look to, you know, if you don't live in Colorado and you have these racetracks closing, maybe this can be a shining example of how to open up a new racetrack in the 2020s now with all the regulations and all the environmental stuff. You're not grandfathered into anything at this point just because you've been around. You're starting it from scratch if it can be done, this will be a good example, I think, for the rest of the country, the rest of the world. So for that, I I support Bandemir fully on it. I am very hopeful for the future with it. So um, there you go. Now, uh, before we wrap up the show, I talked about this at the beginning. Sema. SEMA, SEMA, SEMA. That is the show that I am going to be attending this week. I really cannot wait to bring you some coverage from it. So if you want to see what's going on on the ground level day-to-day at the SEMA Car Show, uh, then I can only encourage you to uh, to do that. It's going to be really exciting. I'm there for the entire week. I'm also going to be at SEMA Fest. I'm going to be attending the Apex Show while I'm there. Wesley Kagan, YouTuber uh, an engineer, is a uh, hobbyist engineer as he might like to say is also going to be joining me to co-host some of the shows from Sema and uh, I think this is going to be really great so you don't want a you don't want to miss a minute of this show and there are many great ways to ensure that you don't miss a minute of this show facebook uh you can follow it on facebook.com slash automotive adhd remember to send those car sounds into the show you can download the show wherever fine podcasts and this one are downloaded and of course uh find it on youtube and rumble now i will see you from the sema show this is my last studio show before i head out to sema i will see you there next week it's gonna be great If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer.